Hello, everybody. Welcome to IntelliCast. It's Season 3, Episode 41. And today on the podcast, you have myself. This is Brian Lamar. I am an Insights at EMI Research Solutions. And joining me today is Producer Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you? And our only guest today is going to be my dog, who's snoring in the background. Yeah, I mentioned that just before we hit record on this, that I could hear her. Yeah, that's Bonnie. She snores a lot. She's an English bulldog. And she's disgusting, and she snores all day long, and she makes appearances on Zoom calls sometimes. And so if you're a podcast listener, let me know, and I'll send you a picture of her. Um, This episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1 on Twitter. And you can also leave us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463 if you have guests, topics, thoughts. If you listen to us in 1.5 speed or 2.0 speed, I heard someone the other day talk about 2.0 speed, which just sounds crazy to me. They must like the chipmunks. I mean, I wish I could because you could listen to double the podcast, right? I just can't do it. No, I got to listen to normal speed. I could do like 1.1, but I don't even know how to do that. Like that's that would be more efficient to me, like 1.1 speed. This should be a pretty quick episode considering we have hard stops in like 25 minutes and all we're going to cover is news. And so there's a lot of a lot of decent decent news stories, right? Is there anything else you want to talk about, Brian? I don't think so. You just want to jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Our first story is Dynata has purchased the searchable insights platform Sharper. Uh, for many of us who did not know about Sharper, Sharper is a platform that collects, analyzes, and shares market and competitive intelligence. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, right? It uses artificial intelligence to kind of do this. And like, if you go to their website, it looks like it's pretty cool stuff. Um, it's interesting that Dynata made this acquisition. Um, I'm not sure what to think of it from the bigger picture, but um, it's really interesting to me. Like Sharper, I never heard of before, like you mentioned, but it sounds pretty cool. It sounds awesome. Sharper, no E. Could this be their move into more of that full service arena? They've got the back end piece with all of the panels. They've and they've got kind of that middle piece with the analysis and all that. Is this their foray into that full service piece, but more at a DIY level? Yeah, it sounds well. In research, we've always had this problem of like looking at data across different studies, or not even research studies, but different places where you get data. Could be shopper data, it could yeah. be in whatever internal data you have, it could be anything. And this looks like at least it says, you know, you can assemble insights across other um, research or other places and in, into a cohesive story that you share with clients. And so visualization is gonna be the key here. And so this this looks pretty interesting. Cool. I think based on what you just said, maybe it's something they're gonna use internally looking across for those maybe some insights across their multiple different panels and all of the studies their respondents take, are they going to be able to find insights that way as well? Yeah, they probably will use it internally, but I would, my guess is they're going to try to sell, resell that to clients and then try to expand research that way. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Knowledge Hound, but maybe it's very different. But Knowledge Hound has been in the industry for a while. They're very successful about kind of connecting data, internal data from the client perspective. Um, so um, interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Our next story, SMR has replaced their Congress 2020 that was supposed to take place in Toronto in, what was this, yeah. a month or so? 
and they have replaced it with a new event called Insights Festival, which is going to take place September 14th through 17th. And if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be entirely online. Yeah, entirely online. And like they, they leave, this is a good thing. Speakers from Google, Facebook, Unilever, Microsoft, LinkedIn, ESPN, um, Bacardi, Nielsen, free for members. And so um, if you're an SMR member, it's completely free. We're an SMR member, so we're going to go. It sounds pretty cool as all these conferences kind of you know, adjust to the new world that we're living in. And then they talk about also this fringe event. Did you read about this one? Like, I did not see that part. Okay, there will be a fringe event that will comprise roundtables, debates, and alternative sessions powered and created by the Global Data Insights community, which I don't even know what that means, but that sounds awesome. Like if there's roundtables and debates, I'm in. Let's do it. Okay, I'm a little disappointed now. When you said fringe event, I thought it was going to be an event talking about the old Fox show where it was uh, multi, like multiverse stuff, changing from different dimensions. No, no, this is this is research. We're still nerds. <laughs> it's you know research fringe, which is not as exciting as any other use of the term. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, cool. So like, there's all kinds of like conferences coming up. There's X from Insights Association, and this one Insights Festival from SMR. So check it out. Our next story: the Insights Association, MRS, and the Research Society have all agreed to collaborate more closely. Yeah, I think that um, this has been in the works for a while. I'm glad to see it happen that um, all these different kind of associations collaborate together is a good thing. Um, I think that I feel like this is something that Melanie Portwright wanted to do when she first came on the Insights Association. And so um, this is a checkbox. And um, I think this is great and hopefully will lead to like you know, sharing insights across the different organizations and make it more efficient. That's how, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. My guess was that this was probably going to be one of the, if COVID had not happened, this was probably going to be like one of those top three things that was getting done this year. Like, okay, census, any sort of the data security, data privacy legislation piece. Yeah. And this normally that's a pretty good year. Right. This right now is now just like a footnote. Right. And yes, and so, you know, it's U.S. Insight Association, the U.K. with MRS in Australia, all of these um, organizations coming together. And I think it's great. We're becoming much more global. And, you know, a lot of companies have people in all these countries and especially the newer, more modern, um, innovative companies. So lots of people are members of multiple. So this is great. Yeah. Next story. J.D. Power has picked Opinion Route and their technology clean ID as their fraud prevention technology partner. We had Andrew on, Andrew Moffat on a few episodes back talking about this. Yep. Um, this is great. Um, I'll tell you what, there's, there's this, I think there's this behind the scenes, there's this battle going on, which is a good thing for our industry about all the different data quality platforms com- kind of competing and getting deals. And Opinion Route has done a really good job of, um, I think they announced another one today, it was a Russell Research. Um, and, um, JD power obviously has a huge name. This happened a couple weeks ago, but we haven't talked about it yet, but, you know, clean ID is a product that we talked about. And if you want to listen to Andrew, um, speak about it, it's on a few episodes ago in our data quality series, but he, it sounds like a great product and, um, JD power is obviously a huge name and, um, good for them and good for the industry too, because this will, this will make it 
more competitive landscape for all the other. There's multiple alternative solutions, and this will help drive up, um, set the bar high for data quality. Yeah. And I think we've hit the, I think we've turned the corner. I know people are still frustrated with data quality, and I was about as negative as you could get in terms of our industry and what we're doing in terms of data quality. I think we've turned the corner and that we're starting to really make a lot of progress on it. Yeah, that's something you and I have talked about over the last few months where going back to the beginning of the year is like, are we just going to talk? Is it just going to be talked about more? Is something going to happen? And it seems throughout particularly 2020, there has been major strides in terms of action. It's not just talking the talk anymore. Yeah. And so this will help. This will make Imperium step up their game. This will make uh, sample chain. Um, and this will make, uh, there's other competitors out there as well. And a lot of people, you know, they kind of build their own customized solution. That's what we've done. Um, you use a couple and you bolt on different things that have different functions. And so it's a kind of a weird, crazy world out there that didn't really exist a couple of years ago that is really flourishing right now. Right. Uh, moving to our next story, I'm going to switch them around in the order we had them listed. Uh-oh. Focus vision has expanded their sample marketplace. Oh, yeah, Focus Vision, yeah. Um, so they added a few different companies, um, Innovate, uh, Market Cube, and Branded. And I didn't know this. I, I knew Lucid was part of their marketplace. I didn't know they were the only company. And so we're the Cypher Focus Vision customer. That's what we use to program most of our surveys in. Um, and we work with all of the companies that are in their marketplace. And so, um, you know, I think we'll see a lot more of this about partnerships and that was kind of the last story too the last couple of stories that we just saw were partnerships and deals um for for companies and especially this innovative space like with focus vision which obviously has a lot of surveys go through make it easier for people to buy sample and now you can um not just get lucid uh, but market cube innovate branded and it talks about i think they added some countries Germany, um, Canada, Brazil, UK, which I think they probably had some in Lucid, but this will definitely expand that. Yeah, I think so too. I, I've noticed a lot more of these kinds of news stories over the last few months. And this is probably where we're going to see a bit of the market going is as we have those programming platforms, whether it's a DIY or a Decipher that more on the professionals, professional heavy user side use, being able to just link those together versus having to go to multiple different areas yeah. to do it. Yeah, good point. Agreed. And by the way, there should be a conference for Focus. Focus Vision should have a conference just like Qualtrics does. Like, I'd, I'd go to California or Denver or wherever they had it and, you know, have some fun. DecipherCon? Yeah, I'd go to DecipherCon. <laughs> Why not? I want free tickets for naming it. Right. <laughs> it's so innovative. Our next story, um, this goes back to our time when we were talking a lot more about the data quality components and GDPR and CCPA, but Oracle and Salesforce have been hit with a GDPR class action lawsuit over cookie tracking consent. Yeah, this will be the first of many, I would expect, um, as people on one hand try to take advantage of the laws and others, you know, giant, giant companies like Oracle and Salesforce potentially allegedly abusing the law. And so um, this is probably what we'll see in the U S before too long as well. We've started to see a little bit of it, but you know, people going after Oracle and Salesforce is a huge story 
And so we'll see what happens here. They filed it in Amsterdam, which I thought was interesting, but breaching GDPR, um, which is the privacy legislation in the EU, which has been around for a while, a couple of years or so. And, you know, firms are still trying to figure out how to be compliant. And I think it's pretty challenging, but we're in a position where, you know, Brazil has out theirs and Canada and the U.S. And so trying to figure all this stuff out is really challenging. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with this case. I am too, uh, particularly with some of the stuff that's happened with Salesforce over the last few days. If you haven't seen, yep. um, they've saw a huge uptick in their stock. They got added, what was it, to the Dow? Yeah, like yesterday, they got yeah. added in. And they had a monster earnings report. So they've had a, a few good wins over the last few days. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them either fight this or have a like a quiet, we don't hear anything and just set, and this nothing really happens of it because they've settled it and tried to brush it under. Yeah, this one, as I'm reading it, um, Blue Kai is a third-party tracking cookie company, apparently suffered a data breach that exposed billions of consumer profiles to the open web. So that's not a good thing, especially $2 billion. I mean, there's not that many. That's a lot of consumer profiles. There's only, what, 7 or 8 billion people in the world. So if you listen to right. this, there's probably a 20 25% chance you got exposed. Maybe you should join in a lawsuit. Maybe we should yeah, sue them. But if it's a third-party app, couldn't couldn't the argument be like, hey, it wasn't us. It was through this third party. Are they just well, going after the ones with the deepest pockets? That's There's probably a little bit of that, but also like you're responsible all the way down the line. And we knew this when we became GDPR, GDPR compliant is that you're kind of responsible for the data all the way down the line. And you know, there's all these terms around – I don't remember all the terms like data controller and um, data reseller and all this stuff. And so it gets really complicated. I would think that the cookie thing is really hard, but you might have people out there incentivized to try to, to try to um, breach it and expose it and then sue them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like you can resell it and then also sue at the same time. I don't know. This will shake out somehow, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, my guess is if, if it's because of a third party, I would expect that that Salesforce app exchange, the marketplace where you can add the add-ons to Salesforce, it's going to be a lot more strict. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these trackers are hosted on scores of popular websites such as Amazon, um, Reddit, Spotify, Dropbox. And so my guess is this didn't just violate the EU privacy. If it's 2 billion people it violated probably U.S. privacy and it violated um, an area where you don't have a privacy law, probably breached and there's no one to sue. And that's probably why the GDPR and CCPA and all these laws exist is to try to protect consumers. Right. Man, that was a lot. Woo. That was a lot on that one. <laughs> Next one from a little news story here from the Cincinnati area. Okay. Former Cantar executive James Sorensen has joined Burke as a new SVP in client services. He's going to specialize in retail and shopper insights. Yeah, I know. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. He's been doing this forever and a nice guy, super smart, Midwestern guy. And I've worked at Cantar when they acquired them. I guess it's been, ah, here we go, 2007. And so that's when Cantar kind of created their retail and shopper. They combined a few different companies into something um, in 2007 ish. 
And uh, he's a great addition to Burke. Is they, I mean, nobody knows retail and shopper insights better than James Orenson or his team. And so good for Burke. You could always see a local company making an investment in people. And I think that he'll help them a lot. Yeah. Our final news story today is more of some cool, some interesting results from a research study done in the UK. Um, results from the 2020 Mental Wellbeing and Research Study found that a whopping 96% of UK market researchers want to work from home to some extent in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. Um, 96%, that's like pretty much everybody, right? Pretty much. I think the headline was every everybody wants to continue working from home in some capacity. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to get 100% on a survey, but that's as close as you will ever see. Um, 1,143 UK researchers responded. Um, I think this is, I think, I would think most people would want the option, right? Now you can probably, we could disagree on um, do I want to go in every day in the office every day or never or a few hours here and there or as I please or when needed? So I think that that's pretty accurate, probably. That they asked a lot of other questions too, like around mental health and well-being. I I found this interesting. I don't know if you saw this, Brian, but thirty-seven percent said that working from home has improved their well-being, mental well-being, and thirty-three percent saying it is uh, the opposite. So it has uh, made their mental health worse working from home. And so that leaves about another third saying it's about the same. So a third of people saying it's improved, a third people saying it's gotten worse, and a third saying the same. It's just kind of crazy data, right? Actually, I can believe that. Oh, I believe so it. So yeah. with a thir- that third that it's improved, thinking about people who may have had long commutes, less time with family. Yeah, that's describing uh, not you, being. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're just, I'm describing myself without saying it. I've, you know, I've eliminated that hour and a half round trip that I had every day. That's an hour and a half back I get with my family. It's great. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's significant time. That's seven, eight hours a week. I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're gaining days a year, you know, that's, that's amazing, especially as young as your children are. That's such valuable time. And I know that, you know, your wife has a full-time job. And so your ability to just get family time and, and um, you know, day, get extra days a year is amazing. So, yes, I completely agree. There's a lot of people that are like, this is awesome. Um, so I could definitely see the third of people saying it's improved their well-being. It's probably higher than I expected, but um, I get it. I get the other side, too, the third that said, hey, this is actually worse. I'm yeah. just thinking, if is there a cross-reference of people who are single or something like that, that may, they don't get a lot of maybe human contact or human interaction? And hey, I get, I get to go to the office and see people because when I come home, I'm by myself. But if I'm working from home, you could be spending days without actually seeing somebody. And that, yeah. that takes a toll. Yeah, there's some of that. I talked to somebody today, um, a podcast listener, who is so excited for school to start to get their kids back in school just for their mental health. Um, so getting away probably from, I mean, you have the, you know, we talked about the advantages of you working from home. You get all that family time. Sometimes there's too much family time, right? You want to get away. 
Um, sometimes people are happier in smaller doses with their family because it can be very stressful with children and spouse and, you know, real life challenges, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I understand that when, yeah. if working from home, if my kids were here, I would probably be in that. My mental health is probably on that negative side. Right. But <laughs> I, my kids go to the sitters every day. So yeah. I'm, I'm home by myself working, but I'm also can drop them off in the morning when I couldn't before. Now I pick them up once in a while. I see them more often, but they're not yeah. here while I work. Yeah. So, yeah. I I'm also, also more, pro- I'm also more productive at home too. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I found this interesting. The past year, 57% of survey participants had told someone at work about a mental health struggle compared to 36% in 2019. So a huge difference. Um, Last year, 40% of those who had struggled with mental health said they didn't take time off because they felt like it wasn't a valid reason to do so. And this has fallen down to 28%. So I think that people are more understanding around mental health issues and not questioning when people are off. That's a huge advantage of, if we're talking about advantages or things that have shifted in society, like a benefit out of COVID, I think that kind of the work-life balance acceptance is really high on the list. Like, we're accepting of people needing time off, working, you know, d- different alternative hours, being away from their desk at certain times. Whereas in the past, it was you work nine to five, and why aren't you here for this meeting? And there's probably a little bit of like understanding around I have an appointment, a doctor's appointment, or whatever. But now I feel like it's completely shifted that, you know, people can be out for pretty much any reason, and you're not going to question it. Do you agree right. with that? Oh, I. Totally agree with that. I think that because of this, the you have it up on your Zoom profile when your camera's not on. It's a judgment-free zone. Yeah. Kids coming in, anything like that. Yeah. Oh, you've got this going on. Today I stepped out at 1030 for an hour because it was meet the teacher day at my son's preschool. So I stepped out for an hour and did that. If I'm down in the office, I would have either had to take a half day or couldn't go. And but that's leading to that goes back to that leading to that better mental health. I can yes that more involved. It even yeah. gets to the point like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk at lunch and go walk my neighborhood or throw a load of laundry in so I'm not having to spend a Sunday afternoon doing eight loads of laundry. Right, right. Yeah, you can sneak in a little bit of chores here and there. Like a load of laundry is easy to do during work and work day, you know, because it's really, you know, five minutes of work twice and then you put them away. That takes a little longer. But, like, you can do a load of laundry easily during a work day. Um, this is a cool study. I think it's interesting um, through the Market Research Society, which we've talked about twice today. I don't know if we ever talked about them twice in one episode. This is a 2020 Mental Wellbeing and Research Study survey. If you'd like to look it up, um, it's, I think it's all public. And now, Brian, um, before we move off of that one, I'm curious yeah. to know if the results – outside of the market research industry would be similar. If you do a well a mental well-being study, say on the general population, are we going to yeah. find that it's pretty similar? Or well, even if it's if you cut it across people who work primarily in office yeah. jobs and things like that. You're re- yeah. people in retail and things are probably going to throw it off a little bit, but Yeah, I think it would be if you could put it in the like you said, the categories of like office work versus other, you know, healthcare or retail or, you know, there's a million other industries that have different kind of work styles. But I, I would think it'd be pretty similar. 
for most industries that kind of go in an office and work nine to five. That's just my guess. But it's, yeah, I think it's pretty representative of the broader population. Now, going in, not taking the mental health aspect out of it, and I say that knowing my wife works in mental health, and right. it has been, a, I understand why it's more accepting now because it has been a difficult time for everybody, whether you're worried, you're high risk and you're worried about getting sick, you have someone who is sick, um, or you're just having to take care of everybody else. Yeah. Kind of falls in my wife's world and her staff. They're see clients every day. And after you spend eight hours on that, how can you kind of take care of yourself? Right. Right. Completely agree. Yeah. But with this kind of working from home, do you see a shift maybe? We've talked about the shift in like commercial real estate and things like that, that we're probably going to see more office space available as companies give up offices to move to 100% virtual. Do you see the continuing trend of increased awareness in mental health issues because of this? I hope so. I hope this is one of those things that sticks around post-COVID, whenever that exists. <clears throat> I really hope that this has increased awareness and acceptance um, of it and that, let's assume a year and a half from now, we're kind of back to a somewhat normal you know, work in the office time. And I think that we'll be much more accepting of it. I think I'm hoping uh, mental health is an issue that I've, I've seen the progressiveness of it in the past few years. I'm, I'm not sure if you have, you're closer to it than me with how your wife works. But um, I felt like before a lot of, especially males were reluctant to talk about it. This is probably a whole nother episode because I have like 30 seconds. Um, but I felt like males <clears throat> we're must, much less reluctant to talk about challenges and depression and mental health stuff that I'm, I'm starting to see, not in research, but in other industries. Like you hear a lot of like sports professionals talk about it, right? Yep. So I hope. Yeah, I, I hope the stigma is, this is the thing that causes the stigma around it to go away. Absolutely, yeah. Well, hey, this is a good discussion. And um if you want us to continue the, the mental health discussion, let us know. Maybe we'll do a mental health podcast. We'll bring Courtney Santos on. She's our chief health officer. But thanks for listening. Um, reach out to us at telecast at emi-rs.com, emi underscore research on Twitter, and you can call or text us 513-401-5463. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks. Bye, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.